welcome to our podcast. The completely unnecessary podcast. October 25th, 2022. That's Ian Ferguson. I'm Pat Contry. On the show today, we'll be talking about, I don't know, video game stuff. Early Smash Brothers footage revealed. Um, we have a robbery of a game store, unfortunately. We have uh, television amico confrontation stuff. That's always fun. We have a Patreon poll topic and your your voicemails. We did okay, Ian. It's a little chillier. It's a little bit more fall weather. We're uh, we're hanging in there. Um, I do love the 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 chilly fall weather. Uh, it was it got like. It was warm in the afternoon yesterday, and then by about five, I actually closed my front door for the first time. That's uh, I put I put the furnace on. This fall, wow! On Sunday night, okay, that's a little that's a little intense. I don't know. Hey, it's true. Came <clears> back <throat> came back from uh, Retchabalooza, and it was on Sunday night. I'm like, this just is chilly. I said, this is furnace weather. Whatever, weirdo. If you like being warm, that's fine. That's... No, I like to not to have my nipples <laughs> be so hard. I, can, I cut a fucking ruby in half. That, that's what I want. Um. Real quick, thanks to Retrobit. We didn't give them a shout-out. Uh, After a PRG, they gave us a couple of nice little goodies here. Um, I, I was actually very excited to receive the Avenging Spirit one. It's the first uh, Game Boy release, I believe, they've done. Re-release. Uh, re-release. I would love to see more of the expensive Game Boy games get re-releases. Um, this being a Jellico game, uh, there are some other... Uh, expensive Jellico games that I think could be ripe for re-release. And they also gave us the uh, re-release of Battletoads and Double Dragon. Very uncommon game! Yeah, and I, it, I love that uh, they're picking these these rarities to re-release for uh, for, for inexpensive. Sure. They um, have full man, full color manual and you even get a little acrylic cartridge stand, so... And I'll mention uh, real quick, they do have the Valis Collection, Genesis Valis Collection going up for pre-order today. Uh, I love that series of games. Uh, it's Valis uh, 3, Sid of Valis, and uh, Valis 1. Sure. So thanks to them for, for giving us those goodies there. Um, I went to Retropalooza. I went to Retropalooza this past weekend. I talked about how much I hate air- airports and flying on the exclusive podcast we do before this recording patreon.com plus you podcast but retro lose it was fun it was nice to be back uh with norm pixel dan uh gerard we're hanging out um that's I, a good group of fellas uh we love hanging out we went to uh, we always go to uh twisted root good uh, handcrafted burgers and good milkshakes <sighs> and andre and andre i uh, went to andre meadows black nerd comedy oh he was there oh yeah oh excellent andre usually tries to come out we went to cheddar's on Friday night, I'm gonna tell you. I'm not saying, I can't legally say that Cheddar's has fallen off, but they don't have nachos anymore. The prices got bumped up a little bit with the pandemic and inflation, um, and I was disappointed by that. And uh, yeah, it just seemed like it lost its luster a little bit. But the the waiter did give us an extra round of the of the honey biscuit of the honey croissants. Wow, what a hero! So that, so Andre <laughs> was all in his glory with that. Uh, those are good. Um, but then we went to we go to the Twisted Root Burger place, and then right, literally a block away, block and a half, we walked to Free Play Arcade, which is one of the nicer, if not nicest, barcades I have been to. It's Free def- Play Arcade, it's called. Yeah, um, I believe they have three locations. And this is Houston. Uh, no, Dallas Fort Worth. Dallas Fort Worth. Um, they had a good variety because it was like good proportion of like they had about I'd say uh, thirty pinball machines, good amount. Yeah, pinball machines from uh, most you know '90s modern 
stuff like that the last 30 years. Was it called Cidercade? No, free play. Literally free play? Free play. Okay, where is it? Um, so they had a good mixing of, you know, the classic era, you know, late 70s to, we'll say, mid 80s stuff. You got your your Donkey Kongs. You got your you got your track and field. You got they had a they had a, a, a Budweiser Tapper. You know things like that. You know got your Galaga, uh, but then they even had like esoteric ones like Pot of Gold from these companies that just came up and were gone within a couple yeah, of years. You right. know, like that's probably a game I've seen once in my life that I saw again. Something like Bagman, which you see every once in a yeah, while. Or, uh, yeah, someplace. or they like they like a weird Taito uh, a Taito maze game. Where you're a rocket ship, you're chased by missiles. It's incredibly hard. None of us could beat the first level. So there's stuff that you would ne- almost never see. So I'm going to play that stuff because I've never seen it before. Besides NBA Jam, besides Ninja Turtles, you know, besides besides you know X Men arcade game, you know, besides all this stuff, and you know, and they had um, you know they'll have uh, they had that modern vector graphics one that's a spaceship one. It's like a big four player one. I forget oh, what sure. that's called. You, you probably have seen it. Um, and then of course you're going to have DDR. Gerard's great at DDR. I'm awful. Um, and then That's you, some pinball too, and they even have like the hand ones where you tap the hands where it goes out oh, in yeah. a circle, like the Japanese machines. And they had a bunch of upfront uh, fighting games and candy caps. They had about ten or twelve of them. So like, I, like, like the I'd say like the probably the almost the best proportion of types of games I've ever seen. And you can and because of that, like you weren't almost never waiting for a machine as well. There was there was it was it was good. It was fun. So they had that, theater of magic. What's that? Theater yeah, of Magic. We didn't get a chance to play uh, the pinball because it's because it's less interactive. So me and Norm played NBA Jam twice. Norm, you got to bone up on your NBA Jam skills, buddy. You got to bone up on him. Just say that. I'm not going to yell at you like Stuttering Craig yelled at uh, Chad when me and Lance beat him, uh, crushed them uh, 10 years ago at, at uh, MAGFest, but you got to do a little bit better. What a weird that. little guy that one was. Which one was? Not Chad. Uh, yeah, no. Uh... Chad's, Chad's fine. Which one? Chad from Screw Attack. No, Chad is fine. Uh, the the one that yelled at you, the one that yelled at me from Screw Attack. Yeah, I don't remember someone yelling at me. No, you just said the person who yelled at you. Oh, Stuttering Craig. St- oh, Stuttering Craig. Yeah. Well, he didn't yell at me. He yelled at Chad because they they lost. And, oh, gotcha. And Craig, Craig, like I uh, meant Craig. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Craig, not, not Chad. I Craig, like Chad. Craig is super competitive. I like Chad. Yeah, and he owns. He an gets NBA, way too competitive. Owns an NBA Jam machine. So it was me and Lance, and I'm pretty good at NBA Jam. I don't think he realized that Lance is actually really good at NBA Jam. And I think owns a machine. So yeah, that that video used to be up. It was like Retroware versus Screw Attack at NBA Jam. It's online, and it's good to see how upset Craig gets. But whatever. Anyway, uh, <laughs> that was like yes, yeah, that's what I meant. It was Craig. He's yeah. very very competitive. When you said little. I was like, no, he's tall. He's like six three. Oh, six, I was four. just being oh silly. Yeah, he's very competitive. Um, you hear about the, this Happy Meal Toys for Adults coming back? Uh, yeah, I mean that was a few weeks ago, um, and we—I I actually have one. Um, but the uh, important thing is that they are trying to scalp them now, apparently. And someone uh, scalp the entire meals or just the toys? The toys. Okay. Um, and I read something somewhere that said um, someone was trying to put like three sealed ones or four sealed ones online for three hundred thousand dollars, which is dumb. And I hate these articles that like portray someone asking an absurd price Versus for things sale. actually selling for uh, an absurd price. Um, one unopened toy from the adult Happy Meal is listed for 25000 while another is trying to sell three for an insane $300,000. While those listings haven't received a bid yet, another auction did sell 150 toys in bulk for 2400 That's obviously significantly less than the others, but it's 16 per toy. It's still a profit to how much each cactus plant market box costs. So, Pat, Matt, that's like, what is that, $18 each? What what the hell is that? Something like that. It's not $20 each. That'd be $2,000 or so, right? 
Something like that. What is that, Ian? I don't know the math. I'm looking right now. So. 20, to do the math. Whatever. So the point is, is that these, this is like Funko Pop plastic. $16. Like, that oh, was close. Pat Myth. Uh, so like yeah. Funko Pop sort of stuff, plastic little dolls. You know, you have the, you have a, why, why is there four eyes on? By that? Cactus Flea Market. Why I don't it? know. I guess that's their design what thing. What the hell is that? I but guess that's their there's design. There's a four-eyed yep. Grimace, four-eyed Hamburglar, four-eyed whatever. What's the bird called? Birdie. Birdie. And then what the hell is this to McDonald's? That's, that's a, an old weird Ronald McDonald. That's Ronald McDonald. That's that's Ronald McDonald. That's it's like Pac Man. I know. It's very what? strange. I know. That's not very, Ronald McDonald. It's, on a, it's not a clown. It's what they say. They haven't used Ronald McDonald though in forever. Easily over ten years, they haven't used Ronald McDonald as a mascot. I think. I think that's pretty much passe at this point. Really? I, I haven't. Don't think so. Yeah. I mean, do you, do you have you seen the commercials? No. I mean, I don't. No, no. I don't watch enough TV. It's Cactus Buddy, and that's not Ronald McDonald. Oh, okay, Cactus Buddy. In what world does that run? <laughs> I don't know. I thought that was just... I realized it doesn't look like it. I thought it was just some weird fucking it's attempt ca- at Ronald McDonald. <laughs> it's not a clown. It's a yellow oh, thing. Oh, no shit. I'm aware. <laughs> just don't know who it's supposed to fucking cover. It looks cover. like the original Pac-Man on the, on the, on the box art, but with, you know, where he looked like a, like a... I don't know, without the big pie mouth? I don't know. Anyway. Anyway, moving I, on. I just think it's it's like this is just obviously for collectors, and I just it's, I'm just weirded out that uh, uh, someone would get an adult Happy Meal. I, I would love it, but like it, without the scalping attached to it and the weird, I don't know. Yes, everyone likes a little, I guess, knickknack. All right, it's enough on McDonald's toys. All right, Captain. Uh, yeah, that's me. Uh, this is interesting news. Every U.S. PlayStation 2 game manual is now scanned in 4K. This is from Kotaku by Lovey Winslow. Uh, yeah, that's just interesting. Uh, a game game preservation is called Kirkland seeks to preserve that nostalgia for posterity by creating high-quality scans of the manuals of lore. He's just finished uploading his complete set of U.S. PlayStation 2 manual scans. What's incredible to me about this is not just the time involved in doing this, but the fact that someone was able to access a complete PS2 collection because PlayStation 2 is really where like full set collecting just goes fucking stupid. Like there's mm-hmm. just uh, no one's doing it. I don't think so. That's interesting. But how how many are or how many are, are be, would be obscenely difficult to come by? You think? Uh, uh, there's a handful. There's a definitely handful? a handful, handful of them. Okay, a lot of it's sports trash, probably uh, like a good chunk of it. Um, I mean, it has its rarities. How many, how many is in North America? I'd say over a thousand. Uh, yeah, like fifteen hundred North American PS2 games. games. Is it two thousand? I always forget. I think it's like thirteen thousand. Not thirteen thousand. Or thirteen hundred. Sorry. How many North American? Eighteen fifty. Oh, okay. 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 I knew it didn't quite hit two thousand. I think with everything altogether is like well over two thousand, though. Obviously. So eighteen fifty, not counting variants. The uh, entire collection is comprised of sealed first editions. Okay, so there's one collector that has them all. Um, the only greatest hits titles allowed are in are, in are ones that added additional content. Oh, I see. If they had additional stuff. If the stuff. manual added another page or something like that. Or maybe in the game added extra stuff? No, they, they literally just mean like if the manual has extra stuff in it. Which would be, which would probably mean the game had extra stuff too. I was going to say, but what? if they're scanning manuals, they would only scan oh, no. a greatest hits manual if it is uh, significantly different oh, no, from I'm, the first. I'm referencing a ten year old article talking about how they qualified it for the oh. game. This is something different. This is talking about yeah, how, how that they would make sense. It. Sure. So, like the Devil May the, Cry the, three yes. greatest hits would be counted, whereas the first one wouldn't. 
they yes. would do both. It's like, like the yeah, the, the content is actually different. different. That makes sense. Uh, how there's I, only a few of those because I count. You know, like the Super Mario Duck Hunt is a different title than Super Mario and Duck Hunt sure. being separate. It's a different title uh, there. Um, yeah, that's cool. Thanks for doing it. Yep. We have an update that we updated during the podcast where I didn't hit this button. Update. Platinum Games. Uh, Bayonetta. Voice acting shenanigans going on. So Platinum Games put out uh, a tweet in support of the new uh, voice actress, Jennifer Hale, saying, We at Platinum Games offers our sincerest appreciation to everyone who's contributed to creating Bayonetta series over the years, as well as the community that has served as its foundation. We give full support to Jennifer Hale as a new Bayonetta and align with everything in her statement. We we ask people to keep to please refrain from any further comment that would disrespect Jennifer or any of the other con- contributors to the series. So um, what had happened was Helena Taylor uh, said that she was only offered 4,000 to prize her role. Platinum Games said, whoa, 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 wait a minute, that's not right. Put out the statements that was corroborated by everyone. And then Helena Taylor had to backtrack and say, okay, maybe it was more than four. <laughs> maybe it really was $15,000. So uh, bad spot. And um, this is a classic yeah. example of uh, a problem being brought to light that needs to be addressed. And that's the generally low pay and no residuals that voice actors receive for what they do when they, you know, are so much of a, a, a character, um, so much of, of being a part of a character. Uh, but it was brought to light by the wrong person to do it, who, um, you know, lied by omission. And uh, I, I still... I think that what she said about the 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 new voice actor was um, unnecessary. Well, well, she didn't lie about omission. She just lied. Sure, she straight up just lied, and she also lied about how much. Well, the no. Pre- she, the, uh, so when she brought that price up, the statement was later clarified that that was for a cameo appearance. Yeah. So okay. So either. So way, that's. She a, lied. I'm just saying uh, she lied. Yes, but I'm just saying that one was by omission. Yeah, she was offered a lot more. She was offered from a voice actor saying well more than the standard rate. They said for hours, for per hours of session. So the voice actors, by and large, what I saw were were like, what is she talking about? Um, and then I think that for I read, yeah, she was offered a cameo after she declined to come in as the main character. Right. Four thousand for a cameo is better than nothing. Um, I guess they wanted to have her in as, as some some show of respect for it. So yeah, so so it's so it's been a mess. The, the game is now getting reviewed and it's out there. Um, yeah, it's it's a good it's good to that. It's it's what what it also shows is how people will just jump to. And I'm not saying you should always you should always take what people say seriously, but you have to have different facts for these stories. You can't just say, "Well, Platinum Games is oh only four thousand dollars to reprise Bayonetta," and that wasn't true. And so you have to you have to wait till till more facts come out and just jump down and go after platinum games. Cause she, I mean, she was trying to hurt the entire franchise and the valuation she gave that I saw the people say, which is crazy saying it was like a, a franchise worth $450 million. And people are like, no, it's not. This is not a, a hugely popular game. No, it's and, a cult hit. Uh, so like, it, it's just, the whole situation is just strange. Uh, it's got an 89 on Metacritic, a lot of nines, a lot of, a lot of tens. Uh, people seem to be enjoying it. Yeah, so there we go. And and and, and harassing the new voice actor is just ridiculous. Yeah, that I did not like. That's ridiculous. Um, yeah, I don't have a transition to go to ultimatetano dot com, uh, but if you go there, <laughs> you can get the the books, Super Nintendo and NES next to Bob the Brain Heenan, the Goat. 
Um, we got RBI baseball stickers. I sold. I didn't sell out of those at Retropalooza. I usually do. Um, what? The, the RBI baseball stickers. Oh. I brought about 15 or 16. I didn't sell out. Um, we have the, the pins, the stickers, uh, the limited T-shirts if you're size small. <laughs> we got the smalls left and medium. My man shirts. If you're medium or small, we have the shirts for you. We sure do. At UltimateNintendo.com. Um, I have, no, I have no conventions to be at until December. That's great. Um, I'm going to be on Twitch Wednesday. Shocktober continues. The last week of Shocktober. Twitch.tv slash Contra Code. Ian will not be there. No, nope. Unfortunately, he will not be there. And then um, I'm on Cameo. Cameo.com slash Pat Country. Mini Clip has shut down its servers for its games, except for a couple. I have no familiarity with Miniclip at all. <laughs> Why I mean, is this up here? I don't know anything because about it either. This article was sent to us. Um, so this was an early, this was 2000s Flash games. Yeah, basically it was like a Flash game site. Um, I'm guessing at some point it was popular. Is you it you all it's UK based? I don't know about it, but it goes to show you how kind of like a new grounds, you know, a, a dumping ground for like flash games and small games and stuff like that. They t- got a lot of tweets, twenty one thousand likes. Uh, rest in peace to a piece of your childhood from Barstool Game Time. Miniclip has officially shut down all its web browser games. Eight Ball Pool and uh, Agario are the only games available. No more Commando. No more Raft Wars. Your childhood is over. So I didn't grow up. I mean, I was a I was in my 20s then, so I can imagine if you're a kid growing up with this stuff and playing it on a computer every day. It's, 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 for us, it, would be, it was shareware, you know, 500 games yeah. in one or whatever, 100 games ones for, for other kids growing up, you know, the Zoomers or whatever. They played these Flash games or web games. That's what they did. So it's gone. <sighs> Hopefully, I mean, they're safe somewhere. People, people, people may have downloaded them, play them on your local. Yeah. Like how you can do on all the other Flash stuff. Yeah, yeah Flash yeah. stuff. You can still download it. Um, moving on to other sad things. Uh, SimCity legend Will Wright is making a metaverse uh, NFT game on the blockchain. Uh, that's a really sad headline. That's uh, Luke Plunkett, Kotaku. Uh, we brought this up uh, ages ago. Uh, Will Wright was saying he was pretty excited about uh, the blockchain and he was going to make NFT-based games. I think this may not be his first one even. I think he had something smaller out prior uh this one is going to be called voxverse and it's a show social game where you mine stuff build stuff and talk to people and everyone is a squat little voxel based character there'll also be real estate that you buy and own real estate real estate it's always about real estate in these games be a virtual slumlord um and then this is, uh, Luke Plunkett says basically what I've always said. The project takes every box for something that should have been announced in May 2021, then quietly shelved 12 months later when the ass fell out of the market. Uh, and that's what we've talked about a lot before. A lot of these uh, NFT projects that are just kind of popping up now, where everyone's just kind of having a chuckle at it, uh, is stuff that was clearly in development. And, you know, as you said, you, you throw good after bad, or you throw bad money after good, good money after bad. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, um, you know, they're just, they're popping these out. I just don't see there being any real success here. And it's sad to me to see Will Wright, you know, yes. pumping a, uh, well, an got, NFT game. I got to read this couple articles here from Luke Plunkett here. I have to read this in the article. It says, oh, and it's also helping to sell NFTs. The game has been designed at Gallium Games, a studio focused on blockchain gaming. Founded by both Wright and Carmen Sandiego co-creator Lauren Elliott. 
what's what's going on with all these these people just getting to the ship? It's I really sad. Know. Who was it? Uh, Carmen Sandiego, co-creator. Oh. Warren Elliott also is in on this ship. Awful. But the Vox characters at the heart of the project aren't new characters. They're an existing line of NFTs, which include licensed tie-ins from stuff like Trolls and The Walking Dead. The Vox characters are sold by crypto firm Gala Games, who have spent $25 million funding Voxverse. That's this, I guess, universe of this shit? Yeah, that's what I said. It's Yeah, that's the name of it. Jesus, God. Mm-hmm. This is just ridiculous. That's bad. Well, man. it's going to... There was an article I should have put in about how gamers have rejected every single NFT usage that's come about. Oh, yeah. There has Wi- not been widely a, rejected. So, like, so, so good on gamers out there um, for getting this one right. Uh, they've all crashed and burned. Ubisoft ones... What other ones have crashed and burned? Uh, Square, uh, I mean, Square Enix is trying to do their shit. I don't think that's going to work out. Yeah, but I don't think out. anything's going. Uh, um, Starbucks. Remember when we talked about Starbucks? Has Sega tried something with NFTs? Uh, yeah, they did. They tried. To, oh, they're doing an NFT game. Uh, they're doing one. Uh, the last article I saw, you know, Sega's, this is from GameRant, Sega's new blockchain game is doomed to repeat history. So that's going to be a failure. They're all going to fucking fail. It's ridiculous. Yeah. It's it's just sad, Ian. It's bad. Um. You know, it's not said Sakurai in his YouTube channel. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> did you see this, Ian? I watched some of this. This was fun. Uh, yes, I did. Some of the early Smash Brothers stuff was interesting. I like the uh, I like the uh, the the people shapes. Uh, red man, blue man, green man, and uh, silver man up there. Dragon uh, King, the fighting game. That's what it was going to be. And it's yeah, early prototype footage, four player action. It's Smash Brothers. They're Yep, just uh, it's interesting to me. I, I never knew that Smash Brothers was supposed to be something else before it became Smash Brothers. And what a genius move that was. Uh, if it had come out as Dragon King, whatever, uh, people would probably remember it as a cult favorite. I was going to say, I think it still would have been popular, like semi-popular. Sure. So this is really like interesting. Said, it'd be a cult hit because it's got initial. It's got interesting game yeah, mechanics, it, but I don't think it would have t- taken off nearly as much as it did when suddenly you have Nintendo, you have a Nintendo fighting game. It would have depended on what characters they would have came up with it. Like if they got, if they created interesting characters for it, like like how with F Zero, they created all new characters. Maybe there would have been one or two that stood out that would have been like Nintendo favorites. Sure, but yes, it would not have been nearly as popular. Yeah. It would it would have been like I don't know what's a what's a Nintendo first party game that was popular but then faded away. I don't know, like 1080 snowboarding or something like that. Oh, sure. It was popular for the time, and then it faded away. Yeah. But um, then it was interesting because uh, they revealed in here that like there were there were uh, retailers were not on board with using Nintendo characters. Like they said, this this is not going to be good. Really, yeah. retailers weren't on board with I it. I believe that's in here. Yeah. Interesting. Um, and I guess this is not new information. The article says it's new to me, but I guess it's yeah. been known, and there's been some blurry screenshots. Uh, but, but basically just to get like video from the guy himself is pretty cool. But interesting because it echoes things that I saw happening at the time that I didn't like with fighting games, how fighting games in the midnight midlands were coming overly reliant on memorizing combos and how that was not intuitive. It made, it made a huge barrier level of entry. Sure. And how one of the reasons Smash Brothers is so popular is because the controls are so simple. Easy to get into, but hard to master. Controls like, are the classic. same. Controls are the same for every character. Yep. That is super important, but, but then, but then the, the behavior of the characters differs, but at least you can learn the moves and learn it. Yep. You, know, you can learn any character probably within a day or two of playing, like, and getting pretty decent if you practice with it as Smash Brothers. Just learning how each one functions. And with, like I said, Killer Instinct, 
I can barely use one character in Killer Instinct. Like that, I can barely use sure. one. I will never know how to do all the combos and breakers on everyone else. Like I will never will get into that. I always liked the games that were more intuitive fighting games like like Tekken, where you can pick up and learn things. Yes, for special moves, but at least I can get the basics down. Things like that. Love me some Tekken. Yeah. Uh, and then Smash Bros. is super simple, and, and that's why they, they said that we wanted to add like the training uh, mo- modes to this and just make it really accessible as Nintendo's first you know fighting game. Right. And, yeah, it was a nice little little eight minute video. I, I like Sakurai's couch; it looks very comfortable. <laughs> a nice leatherish looking cou- couch or cloth couch. There you go. And then there was a second game mentioned that he was more excited about. Um, what the hell is it? It was, it was a little camera game. Where you switch cameras? Uh, what is it? What the fuck is it? Uh, Stealth and exploration RC robot adventure game was proposed, and I actually said at the time I was more excited for that one, and then obviously that one never got going. Right? Maybe we'll see it in the future. The original Five Nights Five Nights at Freddy's game. Yeah, right. If you're an athlete, you know the greatest motivator of all is the fear of letting your teammates down. After all, a team is only as good as its weakest link. So you owe it to those wearing the same jersey as you to be your best every time you step on the field. That's why there's no vape in team. When you vape, you can expose your lungs to toxic chemicals that can damage your lungs. If you're a step behind, the team's a step behind. Brought to you by The Real Cost and the FDA. Um, let's talk about some analog news. This came out right when we recorded the last podcast. We missed it. Um, analog makers of fine FPGA consoles, formerly making nice Neo Geo stuff way back in the day. Um, they're doing one final run. Oh, there's three announcements. The first announcement, this happened on the 16th, uh, for pocket pre-orders. 95% of all open pre-orders B and C will ship before the end of 2022. Yay! So That's there you go. good to know because I think they were projecting into 2023 for C. So it's nice that people will get... Um, some of their uh, orders earlier than they expected. Um, the second announcement was the pocket carpet cartridge, pocket carpet adapters, <laughs> pocket cartridge adapters uh, will be available for pre-order for a hundred dollars on the twenty-first. This one is contentious. Um, so these were originally, I supposed to be, I, I believe, supposed to be twenty nine ninety nine each. I think that was something that they had mentioned. I could be wrong. Yeah, more importantly, you could order them separately. Well, initially you were supposed to be able to, but the only one they ever released so far was Game Gear. So it's Ga- I believe Game Gear was twenty nine ninety nine. So it's Game Gear. It's um, what's the other two? Uh, no, these are not the Game Gear ones. This no. is uh, Lynx, yes, uh, Turbo Graphics, and uh, Neo Geo Pocket. So those are the the four. The, so. Yeah, right. So the first one, the, the Game Gear one, was you could pre-order it when you pre-ordered the system and it came shipped to you and that one's uh, been available. These three, I believe, were initially supposed to be available separately and now they are selling them all in one package. That's Yeah, that's not right um, because you're not going to have someone that has all these original games. Yep. Uh, for all These are three extremely different systems. Uh, like, yes, you could be a fan of all three, but the odds of one person being a fan of all three and having enough games to justify the purchase, that it's, it's a much l- like lower amount of people. I purchased um, I purchased them. I, I was not exactly happy with the price. It's one of those instances uh, where it's like I felt like they got me by the short hairs. Mm-hmm. Um, I wanted them to begin with, and I would have gotten all three. But um, 
what was the original price for the... 30 bucks well game gear's still 30 bucks 30 bucks so these are this is 30 per adapter plus a 10 dollar premium plus like a 20 dollar like, shipping fee let me give you an example like i would i i was gung ho on two out of the three like atari lynx yes we need a better way to play that to make this a turbo express basically with yes I have I own maybe one or two Neo Geo Pocket Color games, and that's because I bought them just here the way I've never played them before. So I would have no frame of reference for that. Sure. And Ian was probably like, "Well, I'd be into the first two Turbo Graphics and Neo Geo Pocket Color, but maybe Links. Maybe I'm not a Links fan." Yeah, you know, that, so. yeah, exactly. And I I have been looking at Links games because I knew the adapter It'll was coming out, and I was going to buy it. But yeah. yes, I just think it's. I not. own like thirty to forty Links games because I've come across them, and I think it's a really kitschy, cute system that didn't get its uh, you know date in the sun like it should have. Sure, but it's um, I uh, yeah, it's a it's a bad decision to do that. Unless I mean, well, well I don't know if a flash card exists for Neo Geo Pocket Color. It does. It, it, it does. does. So so my, I would my be, buddy makes it. I, actually. I would be forced to 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 get a flash card in order to to justify the purchase of, of getting all three. Otherwise, I have no per uh, you know no personal purpose use of for, for that neo geo pocket one but okay sure. either way it's good that they're finally coming available because they're now what a year and a half after this was released when did this originally come out was it early 2000? 2021 yeah so it's like, it falls 2021 it's only been a year okay yeah okay so uh, so there you go yep. but, but at least you're gonna be able to get them because i i took it home i my my first trip with it was when i went home for christmas and then got covid um, um, and then, then the third is they are doing the last run of Super NT and Mega SG. Uh, they're doing them for one ninety nine. I am tempted to do the Super, get in on the Super and NT I'm run to do the the Genesis one. Uh, cross. So I will say that I mean I do I love the Gen- I love the Super uh, the Mega SG. I think it's great. Um, Mega SG with a flash cartridge, and I'm in business. Yes, they did send us. A one of yeah. each uh, to review. You took the Super NT and right. I took the Mega you SG. The Mega. So maybe we crisscross. And we'll do the other. Right. Um, <laughs> so yeah, those were provided to us for free, but I do love the system. It's a very oh, good I system. Yeah, I find playing it. It's, 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 there's nothing else you can ask for about that, really. I mean, going forward, that's what's going to help keep this stuff alive, uh, for sure. And then lastly, real quick, uh, and this I don't have a lot of info on. I've honestly just been using my pocket to play Game Boy games and you know Game Gear games. I haven't even... I haven't updated it since the first update when I got it, uh, but apparently there's lots of core stuff going on there, and it's turning into uh, it's becoming more and more a kind of a powerhouse of a system where you can play just about anything on. You just load all the cores on it, load the cores, load the ROMs, throw it in your dock, and uh, there you go. I don't have a dock, do I? Do I get a dock? You got the dock. Uh, I bought a dock. I don't know if you got a dock sent with you. Okay, sent I have to you. check that. I think you did. And if not, you got that one dock from uh, someone at a convention who made their own dock. I thought they gave they gave you that. I got one of those. We each got one. Really? Okay, I got to yes. see where I put that. Yeah, it was like okay. a three D printed homemade dock, but we each got one. Okay, okay, cool. I think I have my my, my analog pocket folder. Uh, they're in. It's right over there. I, I got to see if I got that. That'd be interesting to put on the TV. I think I, I think I originally tried that and had uh, you had some a little bit of issues. Um, I had issues with the original uh, with the dock when it was in like its review first, state. Yeah, first, uh, after it got firmware. its its firmware update, it was a lot more stable. That's good. That's good. All right, and now uh, some sad news. Um, Pink Gorilla had sad news before they got broken into last year at least once. Uh, there was an armed robbery that happened. Uh, this is up in Seattle. 
Um, this is the store owned by Cody and our and our pal Kelsey. Um, and there was there's a news clip about this. Uh, no one was hurt, thankfully. Uh, the person robbed games. They got uh, cards. Uh, what was it like Yu Gi Oh cards or whatever? Um, and scary. And it's a shame. And, and you know this happens. Armed robbery in the middle of the day. Uh, it's it's awful, and I, I I feel for my friends, and I um yeah I don't really know what else to say about it. I'm just very happy everyone's safe. Metal Jesus commented, "This is terrible news. Sadly, parts of downtown Seattle are just too dangerous right now. Maybe it's time to move that location to someplace safer." And that's what can happen when when it, when crime goes out of control. You'll see it get worse and worse when when. You know, if, if people feel unsafe, they'll move out. They'll move their businesses. They'll move out, and then it's like a downward spiral. So hopefully, uh, things are turned around in that area, and hopefully, the person is brought to justice here. Because unfortunately, if if this stuff goes uh, unpunished, it, it enables some bad actors to try to do more of this. So hopefully, they find this person and bring them to justice. There, sad stuff. This portion of the CU Podcast is brought to you by EarthySelect.com, your source for the finest Delta 8, Delta 9, and Delta 10 THC flour, oils, pre-rolls, vape pens, cartridges, and edibles. Their premium adult-use products are crafted from organic cannabis and infused with pure and potent THC extracts for effects you can feel. Delta 8, Delta 9, and Delta 10 THC products are perfect for relaxing, socializing, getting creative, and going deep in the game. Plus, they are hemp-derived and federally legal to ship nationwide. Let's look at some of their most popular goodies. Earthy Select's Delta 8 vape pens are packed with potent Delta 8 plus cannabis-derived terpenes. They have a stealthy, ergonomic design that gives you a quick hit with no lag, making it perfect for gaming. Each rechargeable pen has one gram of Delta 8 THC and is available in four great-tasting flavors, like Guava Kush or my personal favorite, Cherry Pie. I really enjoy these. They pack light and are excellent on the go. Earthy Select also makes THC gummies and candies that are organic, vegan, gluten-free, and taste great. They all come in different strengths, so you can start low and see what's right for you. The Delta 8 gummies can be really relaxing and heady, while the Delta 10 is more associated with feeling productive and creative, so it's great for daytime projects or an all-night role-playing session. The Delta 9 gummies are really impressive. They have real deal Delta 9 THC, and they come in sativa peach or indica mango. They have a huge variety on their website, so check it out, earthyselect.com. All of Earthy Select's cannabis products are federally compliant, and they ship nationwide. Order online at earthyselect.com and use the coupon code CUP20 to save 20% on your first order with no limits. Must be 21 or older. That's earthyselect.com and use code CUP20 to save 20% on THC. Earthy Select. Select your adventure. All right, Ian, Patrick, a PRGE 2022. Uh, we both we both had a, let's just say, a confrontation of sorts of a different type. I spoke at length last week about a sealed, sealed game speculator. They want to call themselves collectors mm. or speculators, investors, uh, talking to me while I'm setting up my, my books on Friday night. And you had mentioned during the, my talk that I got confronted too by someone. Yes. Um, so we haven't done an Amico topic in a while. It's been a few weeks, at least. <clears throat> we'll, we'll wrap. We'll, we'll round up some stuff here. But yeah, it's first, been a the, while. The, uh, God damn it, you're heavy on that today. <laughs> uh, two. 
<laughs> Let's go. I didn't do anything. Uh, okay. Um, so yeah, I was uh, uh, confronted by uh, one Amico supporter. Um, only one. Set the stage. You know, I want. I want. I want the, I, I always do. Uh, so I was. Uh, Pat was gone. I think you were doing your panel or something. Sunday. This so was Sunday. Saturday. This was Saturday. So I did my I did my panel on oh, Sunday. Well, then it wasn't that you were you I'll were walking gone. around. Okay, you so were sorry. walking around, and um, this guy comes up to me, and it's just Norm over on the uh, far left side, okay. and then there's uh, this guy comes up to me, and shortly after another guy like walks behind him, and the guy comes up to me and goes, "Whose idea is it to keep attacking Tommy Tallarico? <laughs> Whose idea is it? I think he. I think he, the exact words were, "Which one are you?" And he pointed to me, and then pointed to like, Norm vaguely. No, he didn't point at Norm. He just like I think he realized you weren't there and just pointed vaguely into the ether. Uh, what, and, what, real quick, what type of person? Like, were they a man, middle age? It was a. Uh, it was a uh, a guy. I would put him in anywhere from his uh, late thirties to late forties. Okay, the prime Amico market, maybe yes. a little bit too young if it's late thirties. Yeah. So it comes up to me with this real aggressive attitude and goes, oh, whose idea was it uh, to keep attacking Tommy Tallarico? And I was like, huh? And he's like, why do you guys keep going after Tommy? And I was like, he's like, I don't, I don't think it's good. I don't like it. I don't like that you guys make it personal. He's like, you guys make it way too personal. Tommy's a good guy. Oh, there it is. Tommy's a good guy. And I said, A, Tommy's not a good guy. That's bullshit. And I said, B, I said, he made it personal. And then we made it personal. I said, I don't know what you know or where you heard it from or when you jumped into this. I said, but you can go all the way back to the beginning where I was maybe too optimistic. You said this is a system I will be interested in. That's what you said. I said, I don't think it's going to succeed. But it based then on what he was wish casting. Mm -hmm. Had it actually come out, sure, I would have been interested in it. I don't think it would have succeeded, but sure. if it had an R-type and a burger time and some shit on it, I would have, I would have bought it for the initial price point of yeah, 150 Yeah, originally it was going to have R-type and burger time and all these arcade games that were all lies, obviously. Sure. But like, if, if that was going to be the console, Ian's like, I'd be interested in checking it yeah, out. I never thought it was going to be, you know, sell well enough. I figured a lot of it was going to be ports of other games, but I liked the, the titles he was mentioning. Um, it was one hundred and seventy dollars only. Also, one hundred fifty or one seventy nine ninety nine. Right, I would have been interested. So I was like, you can go all the way back to the beginning, and I said, you can see that I was cautiously optimistic about it, and I said it wasn't until he got angry at us not falling in line mm -hmm. um, that he started taking it personal. Or he started making it personal. I said he talked about Pat and I. Talked about my my nervous tics and shit on the Atari Age forum. It was like, well, I didn't know anything. Talked about, talked about my hair. Yeah. Talked about the clothes we wear. Um, so I was just like, <clears throat> uh, so I said he made it personal first, and he was like, oh, I didn't know anything about that. And I said, then maybe you shouldn't be talking uh, so authoritatively about Tommy Tallarico being a great person. And I would say, what are you basing Tommy being a good person on? I would be like, how is he a good person? What have you? What has he demonstrated that makes him a good person? Because you liked some of his um, composing back in '90s video games. You liked his his attitude on you know the the, the TV show he used to co-host. Like, what is so good about this person? That's what I would say. So, um, so he was like, "Well, I don't think you guys should have uh, covered the auction stuff." 
And I said, I didn't really want to cover the auction stuff. I said, but we would have covered the auction, whether it was Tommy Tallarico or not, because there was a dev kit being put up for sale for $20,000. And I said, in that segment, we were both very careful to not just beat on Tommy. We, report, we did not. We reported the auction. We talked about what was going up and how the prices were high. Had anyone sent us that and had it been a moderate news week, we would have still covered it as the main topic. I didn't get into personal reasons why it's been told to me why Tommy needs money. I never talked about any of that. And we won't. So anyways, I basically at the end, I think he was kind of like, I I don't think he was expecting me to come back and hit him on all these points. And uh, finally he goes, well, you know, maybe you guys can have him on. And he like, (laughs) he suddenly changes, (laughs) he suddenly changes his tune. And starts to try to be like Mr. Hyper Positive Guy. And he's like, well, maybe maybe you can have Tommy on and you guys can, you know, make up and patch it up. And no. I said, I don't think that's going to happen. No. And then he's just sitting there, like, trying to find something to say because I'm this, obviously annoyed. This, I'm, is, what, this, I'm, is, this is paralleling my thing. And I'm clearly annoyed. I'm clearly annoyed. And he's like, yeah, you know, I just think you guys could uh, make it up. And then it'd be like a super team. And he oh, like, fuck off, yeah. super team. And I was like, yeah, I'm going to make up with, with someone who conned people. Yeah, and I just uh, I looked at him and I said no, it's it's not going to happen. Uh, thanks for your time. And like I just kind of shoot him away because there was a guy behind him waiting to talk to me. And that guy's like behind him. He's like I I felt like the guy behind him was about to like jump in and like try to save me. <laughs> like he was looking there was like two guys to try to save me. He was looking thing. like he was like ready to just yeah. like pick the guy up and move him over. <laughs> so uh, yeah, I mean that was that was it. And I. You know, I didn't, I don't, I don't like to fucking talk too much about the drama, but it's just funny that people come up to you and with absolutely no knowledge of the situation, try to, uh, to fucking browbeat you about See, it. See, I, I, I knew that I was going to be approached by a sealed speculator. I knew it was going to happen at least once. Um, I did not think in my head, someone would come up to us about the Amico on Tommy's side. I didn't cuz cuz you'd have to be so far fucking gone in your head. At least with the sleaze balls with the seal speculators, you know there's sleaze balls that are trying to save money. Like sure. you know that's the motivation. I did not think I would get someone so dyed in the wool on on the Amico side to come up to us and try to defend Tommy in any way. I did not think that was going to happen. Um so Ian, how long did it last? Like like a few minutes? Probably about five minutes total. Okay, mine went like 25. <laughs> yeah, no. This was this was probably about 5 minutes, maybe Maybe 10 at the most. It was not longer than 10. It felt yeah. like an eternity, uh, which is why I sure. think I'm being conservative but, on the amount of time because I. it felt like it could have been a but, half an hour, but I know it was like five to 10 minutes. It's the same exact psychology, though, of my encounter where they try to neg you and like get you uncomfortable. Yeah. To spin and say, well, you can make up positivity. Yeah, exactly. on the podcast. We can all be friends. And, and I'm, I'm like, and I, that's why I said to, to the, the, the speculator, I'm like, no, I don't have to like you. I don't have to have you on the podcast. We're adults. We can just Di- agree like disagree. each other. Yeah, yeah. that's fine. Gr- gr- growing up and maturing is realizing you don't have to be friendly with everyone. You can, you can be, be civil with people, but you don't have to be friendly and friends with everyone you come in, in contact with. That's actually being mature. Yep. Not to acquiesce to someone because they're being aggressive uh, with you or, or throwing energy at you that you're uncomfortable with. No, it's okay to be like, no, screw that. That's not acceptable. I'm going to return the energy back into your face. I don't have to be positive. We don't have to have an amicable end here. We can no. just agree to disagree, and you can walk away. Or you can disagree to disagree, but I don't care. Like, that's it. Like, you can just walk away, and you can sulk, 
And um, yeah, in what universe would that happen? So meanwhile, Ian, uh, unless you have more to say about it, um, no, no, no. Uh, you had um, one of the cultists uh, did a, did a, um, I guess, an interview. It's part it's part of like these redemption tour things that all these cultists who all attacked us. By the way, almost every single one of these cultists has uh, personally attacked us or done uh, individual videos about this. Yep. Or in the case of, of of this guy, this piece of shit, uh, one of the few people that went after Ian's medical issues. And, and and said that Ian was a fraud. So go fuck yourself. Uh, so this person. Oh, they're all absolute um, sewer people. They're all. They, they all are. They all. This fucking asshole. Hey, Pat Ian. Fuck you. So that piece of garbage. They live um, in sewage. They drink sewage. They eat sewage. Well, we'll talk to a, sewage. talk to our good pal, uh, Review Tech USA. And I'm not going to watch this. Uh, this this they're trying to both lift each other up and one's trying to make themselves higher than the other and how badly they were uh conned by tommy tallarico and how desperate they were to to take us down a peg as part of this whole experience the anti-patent ian console is what the amico came i think you talked about that at one point yes it became the anti-patent yeah, ian it, console no one supported that thing because they thought that it was going to succeed they liked the attention from tommy and it became something that people uh jumped on um because they knew we were against it so it was simply it was a stance it was it was a, a, a an accoutrement <laughs> an accessory to hating us and they tried to hide it all in 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 ways no i'm really looking forward to I mean, a certain author a very famous author very I, famous I think author i think solely chose to support the amico because uh, we did not like a, it. a very famous and jealous author uh th- throw tons of shades at us during this um so uh, this is a, a semi recap uh, on the Intellivision underscore Miko Reddit. The only uh, Miko Reddit at this point, because the other one redirects to this one. Yes. The, the ex corporate one redirects this one. Uh, this was someone named uh, D List a, a Celebrity, which is a great name, said that tw- yes. Twitch Stream is Heroes on Twitch. It goes fast enough if you watch it at 1.5x. Bro confirms that Talarico sent his attack dogs out. And they were happy to be part of the Shield Squad. So one of the things we talked about was how well timed those anti-patent eating videos always were. Yes, like to the fucking almost minute when we put out a video, they had videos prepared to come out because we uh, record the podcast on Tuesday, the audio comes out, but then the video segments come out at least a day later on that. So at the early, uh, they would usually get twenty-four hours. They knew what we talked about and they coordinated. Uh, I think from what I heard, they had a Discord to coordinate all their attacks. Between shirtless shill, uh, this individual, uh, another investor that never uh, never says they're an investor in Amico that does these videos, they all would talk in and they would have their talking points that Tommy would send them out on. They had their marching orders. So when we put yes. out a video, they knew that our video was going to get 20,000, 30,000 views. That was their, their counterattack to us. Right. And, and their way to try to kind of latch on to the the the. the- the coattails and just say that we're just trying to make our names on this and that we don't know what we're talking about that was their always their the, their point of view when, when when we were trying to uh give people the, the the honest truth about what was happening and we were a lot of times um giving it way too much credit looking back yeah we gave it more credit than we thought uh we thought it would do better than what it would sure we yep. didn't think it would spiral into something like this we didn't really think that we didn't think it would it would become worse than the Coleco Chameleon. I don't think I ever saw that coming personally. Where it was outright, oh, uh, $17 million just gone into the ether. Never saw that coming. Never saw that. We just thought it would just come out and just bomb. Coleco Chameleon had the good grace to fucking 
How to, dis- th- to, to disintegrate <laughs> before they could actually get too much into it. Yes. I mean, some of the stuff like the, you know, some of the people who were talking about having games on the system, uh, they were jumping at the gun. But Amico was just successful enough in its progress to be able to get like a game running on it, probably an Android box in a shell. Sure. But there, there was more there to string it along. There, sure. there was there was more bait on the hook for the Amico to keep it going. Yeah, we we have a we have a you know a hundred thousand in pre-orders from maybe Walmart and other big box retailers. We have all these relationships lined up uh, with all of you. We have someone that helped launch the Wii. We have the guy that helped launch the Xbox. No, you fucking don't. don't. Not enough to influence your company and to actually produce something. Jay Allen was gone in mere uh, for two three months. He was like, "This fucking sucks. I'm out." He was gone. Oh, get a little crackly. A little crackly. On there. Uh, going on, on more with this. They were happy to be part of the Shill Squad. Uh, bro didn't know about Intellivision, but online friends like Cyrus were hyped for it. Um, Cyrus was one of the individuals that did multiple attack videos about us, but then would say, I don't understand the drama happening with here when they created sure. the fucking drama and went after us personally. Right. They're, they're fucking garbage as well. Um, I feel like the real story here is how a sufficiently desperate con man with no standards for how to spend his time or how low he will go will be believed by a few lonely hearts if he says things they want to hear. That's, uh, D-list celebrity is pretty much straight on. This is a great sociological, um, experiment that would happen here. If if you have someone that is to them charismatic and friendly and willing to give these people even five minutes of attention that no one else will, you can create um, this group, which we said was a cult. We were the first ones to call it a cult. Create this group of people that can come together online and have a great time talking about something that they think is going to um, reignite passion in their lives, at the same time giving them enemies that they could bond together over to fight back yes. against. Yep. It's a cult. That's how cults react. They are, irration- they are irrational. They do whatever the, the, the cult leader says, un- and they, they don't question it nope. until it goes way too far. And eventually, some eventually get out, uh, but then the damage is already done Yeah, on there. Uh, there's a couple other comments uh, here uh, talking about how bro was always a bully. He doesn't need a hug. He was always a bully, and it's only a matter of time before he falls for another scammer. Yep. Whether it's in games or something else. Uh, Retro bro needed a reality check long ago. He's not smart. Uh, and that's the one thing I'm going to say about some of this stuff. Um, can you trust these individuals no. that gave Tommy several hours at least of free time or not critical thinking at all? They overly trusting people can you trust these individuals then to talk to you about anything else ever uh without questioning their their logic or critical thinking abilities or or their motivations more importantly like that's one thing why are they motivated to talk about this stuff in the future that's the that's that's the entire issue to me is it clean is it unbiased or are they just trying to get in with a group are they trying to attack other YouTubers and think that that's going to be helpful for their career? Like what happened with uh, Review Tech? Like that's the reason he had Tommy on for several hours. That was oh, sure. one of the main reasons he did those free infomercials because he wanted to get back at Pat and Ian. Yes, and that was a so way. So many it. people thought that this was going to be the way to get back at us and to have something to a horrible hill to fucking die on. This kind of feels a little bit like a victory lap. It's it's a it's I'm a, I'm going to do a quarter lap. Quarter lap. It's a quarter lap. It's a quarter <laughs> lap. I'm going to stop a quarter way through and grab, grab a Gatorade. Um, yeah, 
that it is what it is and uh we're not gonna have a definitive ending to this ever um we might but like it, there's gonna be a like maybe a lawsuit or you're gonna find out about an investor maybe going after them who felt defrauded maybe at some point good old sudesh who's owed a hundred dollars per console and God, like if he's I never paid back forgetting about that. um so you're gonna have something like that happen so uh, much but, money uh, but i had people at portland honestly said to me not following it like us so is this thing uh is this a good thing is this dead or what's going on with it like oh, they're yeah. not they've there's some people that think that there's still a chance this was actually going to be like produced commercially and come out well i think there's a lot of people who don't pay attention to it like we do and they you know they haven't heard any news from it so they don't know if it's uh yeah what the, come on uh, come on microphone there you go um they don't follow it like we do. They probably had faith in Tommy Tallarico to do something. They mm-hmm. just haven't heard of it. Yeah. So. And they were in television fans from 40 years ago. Right. And were cautiously optimistic. And then they didn't realize that it would become an absolute disaster. The Intellivision booth was fun. A lot of them were wearing Amico shirts. <laughs> yeah. Uh, there was ironic uh, Intellivision Amico. Uh, Everywhere. Our friend Joe was wearing one. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then John. Know, uh, well, John, John was wearing one. But, uh, but uh, there was a few other people that were wearing them. And... Um, and it, they were they they're, like they're, they're some of the real victims because the Intellivision name has been tarnished. Oh yeah, this is going to be the last big thing you probably ever hear about. Yeah, poor poor, poor regular Intellivision fans who just want to play you know uh, re- remote decently fun games on an awful controller. Yeah. Uh, they <laughs> they wanted that Night Stalker remake. That's they wanted the Cloudy Mountain remake. That's it. Those are the two games they wanted. Maybe yes. a third. Well, isn't there, the, and I mean, that's probably worth mentioning. I think it's a, a rumor I've heard going around, with um, Link, but uh, Cloudy Mountain uh, and uh, I think Night Stalker are both looking to maybe get. I heard some things that I heard some things at PRGE. I picked up online. I, no, I heard this at PRGE. I, I just had. Yes, I know. I'm oh. just saying because I don't know who we're supposed to be talking about uh, if it's out there i just heard some things yes it's on the amico message board so there we go so there that, the, that's where i got the, it the from. cat's out of the bag we weren't the first yes. ones to say it. we were waiting but yeah heard some things Ian, we got uh we got a patreon we do patreon.com slash cu podcast you go uh you pay a little money and you get things such as uh a the full video podcast uh a monthly hangout writing uh, you also get access, perhaps, to the pin club if that's what. You're yeah, if you want to get an enamel pin for uh, get you know for a good good rate. <laughs> and we do bonus bits. Yes, uh, we do. We record extra podcast just for you before we start the main podcast every week. This was the first ever 50-50 split on this Patreon poll. We've had fifty-fifty splits where that I downloaded the data and they were not real fifty-fifty splits. They just rounded probably up or down. 50 50 split you know i don't know what to do uh in first place tie they both it's like the Olympics. you both get gold medals yes uh is grading or reselling worse for video game collecting 50 percent and in 50 percent nes games we would like to see an official re-release of so we have to decide which one are we going to talk about so i, I there's a handful uh we're gonna we're gonna talk about uh, I think we're going to do the video games this week, and then an automatic pass. We want to do an auto an auto winner next week because I don't know we've never been in a situation before. Yeah, we'll just do an auto winner for next week since we already kind of talked about collecting and stuff like that last week with Pat's confrontation. Uh, we figured we could just kind of we'll we'll do the games one. We'll do the games one, 
and then we'll uh, do the collecting one next week. With the help of a certain NES guidebook available at UltimateNintendo.com, NES games we'd like to see an official re-release of. So this goes back a few years. I remember having phone conversations uh, with Josh uh, from Limited Run, like early 2018. Sure. Right after I moved to Castle Country. We talked about Limited Run should probably get into doing licensed re-releases. And we always said that uh, we both decided that Metal Storm would be the one to try. Because you want to talk about games that are hard to find, that are worth a lot of money on the secondary market, but are actually fun games that people would want to play. Right. So that's why we said uh, Metal Storm will be should be the test one if Limited Run ever got around doing that. And lo and behold, behold, they didn't do it, but Retrobit Retro chose Retro Metal Storm as the first sort of NES game that would be uh, licensed to re-release. No, they did uh, uh, They did two before that. Oh, they did? They did uh, uh, Holy Diver for the NES. That never came out here, though. No, but I'm just saying it was still a re-release. And then they did oh, sure. R-Type, and they did Super R-Type and R-Type 3 in one cartridge. Okay, I'm talking about NES games north america that never came out it was it was the first one Uh, okay that's what i mean sure yeah um so that was they did that one and uh they have continued to do um many many of them uh sure we just talked about the battletoads double dragon one and it's great because what they're doing is they're picking um they're picking games that have gotten expensive Sure. Uh, in the collecting market, uh, but they're picking good ones. They're they're being careful about what they pick. These are all games that people want to play that have been expensive, so they haven't, you know, re-released supercars, uh, which I like to bring up at all times. Oh, for N sixty four? No, uh, for uh, um, Nintendo NES. Oh, that's supercars. Yeah. Okay. Um, you know, they're picking good stuff. So we were thinking what are some games that we would like to see get a re-release like that, whether it's through uh, Retrobit, uh, limited run. There's some other places that are doing it too. Uh, I am eight bit does it. Uh, so yeah. Um, the first one that comes to mind for me is Gunnack, which I believe I gave five out of five. Yes, You rewrote it because the original review did not do it justice. No, it did not. It was not a good review. One of the reasons why we had a bunch of reviews rewritten for the third print run. Uh, five stars. It's a rare game. You legitimately cannot find this game easily. Nope. I don't think I saw a copy at Retropalooza. I'm not sure. I didn't look uh, uh, as as much, but I didn't see one in passing at Portland. I don't think a gun knack. No, neither did I. Granted, I haven't paid attention and, to NES games at conventions in years now. And it's weird that because it's not like a super late one. It says 1991, not super late. And it is legitimately the best shooter on the console, probably. Yeah, it's fantastic. Uh, obviously has some flicker issues, but it's uh, unique. It's quirky. Um, it's got a good weapon system. I believe Compile developed it. And um, it's one that more people should play. And these re-releases are generally not super expensive. Uh, sure. Limited they're... run, at least, and uh, Retrobit, I know their prices are usually just about 60 bucks. Yeah, sure. Uh, 50 I think, was oh. what Limited Run did. 40 or 50 was what they did for um, Shantae, the Game Boy Color Shantae. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, so the prices are reasonable, and I think that would get the game into a lot more people's hands. Um, another one I would love to see would be Shatterhand and the Powerblade series. Those are okay. the other ones that come to my mind like very quickly. Uh, games that have gotten more expensive over time that are actually fun to play that I think people would enjoy. Um, I love Shatterhand. I think I might have done the Shatterhand review. That was never a super expensive one, um, at least back in the day. I think it's like 60 bucks now. That used to be like a t- probably a $20 game, something game, like that yeah. in that range. 
Uh, Shatterhand, what, I think I reviewed that one. I think I reviewed all three of those. I mean, I, I, I gave Shatterhand four and a half stars. Yeah, it's a great game. Another 1991 one. that it, It's uncommon. It's, it's a not really rare. neat gimmick. Uh, absolutely. You, you get your little uh, robot, little assistants, and you, and you compare them together. Yeah, you That's pick up different, uh, different uh, Greek uh, letters, and sure. it, it, depending on the combinations, you get um, different assistant robots. Uh, and then you said, uh, what was the other one? Uh, Power Blade and Power Blade 2. Power Blade. Uh, Power Blade 1, I gave four, uh, four and a half stars. Yeah. Uncommon. Great Another game. 1991 one. What was going on in 91? I guess because the Super Nintendo was coming out, they weren't going to produce as much. Uh, but no, it was earlier 91. That's a Natsume-developed game title published. Um, super fun game. I think I actually like it better than the sequel because uh, the sequel is a little bit more linear, if I remember. It is. I um, like the first one better, but the sequel is still a good game, and that one's genuinely expensive uh, I, at this point. I deducted it a full star. I gave it three and a half stars, which is still a good review. But um, yes, I did not like Power Blade. And Power Blade 2 is always the one that was worth a ton of money. Yes. Power Blade was like, it's like a shadow hand. Well, it, you know, it's 20 bucks, whatever, 25 bucks. Uh, if I looked up Power Blade 2 now, I would probably expect it to be $700. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, it used to be one that was like 300 400 uh, Power Blade 2... Um, Seven fifty or best offer, and that's a ripped up label. What? Yeah, I should not have gotten uh, rid of my copy when I did. Well, you don't know it's gonna no, I explode know. up. We thought. I mean, this stuff all peaked in six years ago. At first, um, let's see what it's actually selling at. But that's one I knew that was going to be. That's like the Bonks Adventure sort of thing, where it's it's always going to be more money because it's um, it's rare. I have it as rare. It is a rare game. You don't really see that one too often. And that one came out in ninety two. So I guess these, I guess these, uh, these are all title published ones we're talking about, uh, like for the most part. Some of these Gunnack wasn't, uh, and uh, oh, the, uh, uh, Shatterhand wasn't. Okay, I'm thinking about more of the later title ones. We can, we oh, can get sure. Into. Like if you uh, wanted, like, I knew you were going to bring those up. Yes. Like Panic Restaurant. Panic Restaurant should absolutely get a license re-release. Absolutely. Yeah. So should so um, should um, Little Samson. Little Samson is a big one, and I'm almost shocked that they haven't had one yet for Little Samson. Well, I'm I mean, we're also just not mentioning, at least for these ones, that uh, these are um, these are title releases, so maybe it's just not easy to get the title licenses. Well, the title published, I don't know if it reverts back to the developer, Natsume or not. I have no idea how the rights work uh, or that. Uh, looks like Power Blade 2 sold for, one sold, 750 800 Again, are they paid for? 800 So 800 there's multiple ones. There's several ones that say 750 860 so that's wow. That's shocking to me. Yeah, there used to be um, there used to be only least loose cartridge, a handful of games that would reach close to a thousand dollars. You had like your Bonks Adventure, you had your Dinosaur Peak, you had your Stadium Events, you had like your your unlicensed. By the time stuff, I got out of it, I think I sold most of my shit in twenty sixteen, twenty fifteen, and uh, I mean. There's very, very little up there. I mean, the games that we're talking about now being five, six, seven hundred bucks, I was getting a hundred, hundred and fifty bucks for. Yeah. I think my Power Blade 2 with a ripped label, I think I got 125 for it. Sure. Um, so yeah, definitely Panic Restaurant. Like I said, a little Samson is just ripe for the picking because that's probably based upon covers the most famous of the higher end NES games that are like legitimately fun. I mean, absolutely Norm, Norm did a review and, of that. A good game. The, yes. A good game. I'm, I'm like double checking because I would think like that would have got a re-release by now. No, it has not. On that, absolutely not. Of course, the goat, Mister Gimmick. When that's that's hap- going to happen, uh, a Mister Gimmick licensed re-release, um, a licensed re-release. Yeah, yes. that is in the works. Um, on a cartridge would be huge to get an actual cartridge. I don't think we don't think cartridge ones actually coming out, or obviously no digital re-release. A cartridge re-release would be nice to see. Sure, uh, for sure. 
Um, but either way, the fact that it's getting released, I guess we don't need a cartridge necessarily, but Mystery Game is getting its day in the sun. Yes. Uh, any other high-end ones? Bonk's Adventure you don't need because it's it's not as good as a Turbo Graphics one. It's good, but the Turbo Graphics one plays a little bit better. I don't like the Nintendo. The, the, it, for me, it's the colors. Everything just kind of feels a little muted. It's just the controls just seem a little bit less smooth. Like, not enough to... to I still get a good review. How about a Mighty Final Fight? That would be an interesting one. That would be great, actually. Very uncommon game. Good game. I give it four and a half stars uh, on that. Um, what is that going for? That one used to be like, you know, a hundred dollar game like back in the day, $80 game, you know, it was, it was one of those, like the tier before little Samson where it jumps up, you know, several hundred dollars, uh, on that. It was like a gargoyle's quest. It used to be hey, sure. maybe gargoyle's quest. That's another Capcom one. Yeah. That's a good game. These are all too. games that are, that's that are very quest uncommon. Too. Yeah. Uh, mighty final fight. What does that even go for nowadays? Uh, $300 or best offer 295 or best offer. So it seems like the games have tripled in price yeah. from what they used to be I three years ago. Like every game has tripled in price. I don't think it's sustainable personally. I think we're going to see a downturn uh, that, uh, about that. Well, that's um, what we were seeing, I think, before the pandemic. Absolutely. Sure. Uh, what about something like Little Ninja Brothers? You think that would be worth it? That one's a little it's very, common, but I don't know that it would get the get the interest. Yeah. That's a cultural one. I give it four and a half stars. A very interesting game. Uh, I'm, I'm just sort of just going through. I'm, try, I'm try, trying to think of the expensive games that would actually garner interest. Uh, yeah, Gargoyles Quest 2 for sure. And then we're going to start to run out of popular ones, at least that have been covered online. Uh, stuff like the Dinosaur Peak and Jetsons. You have the licensing issues uh, on those. are good games. Uh, but like, I don't, I don't know if you have that level of interest like you do with the little Samson. No, I don't um, think so. I... I don't. I honestly don't think the di- the Flintstones games are very fun. Um, it's and I, tough. I've never played uh, the Jetsons one. Never played Jetsons. No, never played Jetsons. So yeah, I mean, I think I think those that... those are more in the they're expensive because they're rare. But I don't think anyone's really clamoring to play them. I think uh, you'll see Panic Restaurant for sure. I think that if you can get one of these um, title published games, Panic Restaurant has always been. I did review it back in the day with with. Uh, my friend uh, Allison at the time. Rare game, four and a half stars. Uh, one of those later ones, October 92. Developed by Disco and EIM. I'm not sure what else they did there. Um, yeah. I think I think that's what you're looking at here. Like those handful of games. You're not going to see... Uh, you're not going to see like the Panesian games. Who the hell knows who has the rights to those? That's, right. tr- that's just trash. You're not going to see a lot of the Color Dreams games, I don't think, because like they don't play... 90% of them don't play well. There's like maybe like three or four of those color green games that are probably worth playing, uh, to be honest. Sure. The strategy for all of these companies right now seems to be pick the rare stuff that's fun to play and you're going to instantly sell a ton of them. I got one that I think would be a borderline one I just turned to. Maniac Mansion would be an interesting case study to do an adventure game re-release. That's gone up too a little bit. Not a lot, but it's gone up. Oh, no, well, no, the, in the box it's gone up. I should no, the the card's still not that much money. Yeah, twenty bucks. That's just an interesting one, just because. I don't know. Maybe not. Maniac Mansion. Well, it's Lucasfilm as long as we got the Star Wars and Empire Strikes Back re-releases from Limited Run. Right. We got that one. We'll see. All right, those are some good picks. I feel like we're missing one, but I think we we always go to like those later games that are like four star and above affairs that are hard to find. Yeah. Uh, and then there's actually not. A lot of stuff like the Guardian Legend, it's not expensive enough, I think, to garner a re-release or known enough, probably. It's a really good game. I I think Um, it, I, 
Yeah, that one's borderline because it never got expensive. All the Koei games are quality, but no one ever played them. Sure. Those are four star games, four and a half star games. Like no one ever, no one really, there's no, no one clamoring for Genghis Khan or Nobunaga's Ambition or La Emperor, but no. they weren't producing high quantity, some of those at all. Uncharted Waters wasn't. I know oh, Uncharted Waters is generally uh, rare. Uh, it's always not, r- not rare. Is it rare? Uh, it's close. Yeah. I can't so, remember so that and like Gemfire or like they couldn't have made that many of them. No, Gemfire. Those were uh, the ones that were. Um, well, Gemfire was on other systems, so yeah, they were just yes. pumping out like a paltry amount of them. I think I have Gemfire as very uncommon. Sure. Oh, almost none of those Koi games are common, except for like Nobunaga's Ambition One, maybe Genghis Khan. Sure. Other than that, you're it's tough to find those. Genghis Khan we have is uncommon, but yeah, I, I don't think there was at that point in time. Once you get into the '90s, more a few years, it's probably those people probably would probably, you're right go to Genesis to play stuff like that, or they'd be on PC maybe versus the NES. Like yeah, who's who's who has their old clunky NES or that want to play like these, like French strategy games? You know, it just doesn't seem like it would be a viable audience, and it wasn't obviously. So well, there you go. If you want to learn more about uh, some of these hard to find games, there's a certain guidebook here that you know you can learn about them. Today's portion of the CU podcast is brought to you by True Classic. They make T-shirts that actually fit, and they are super soft. When you're bigger, finding the right t-shirt can be incredibly frustrating. Most t-shirts are too tight in all the wrong places or way too big and boxy, but not True Classic. True Classic has already helped over 2 million men get their fit on at an affordable price. Our listeners get access to the absolute best deal they offer. For a limited time, get 25% off with code CUPODCAST at trueclassic.com. Guys, you're wearing the wrong clothes. It's time to level up. Highlight your greatest assets with a t-shirt you can confidently throw on at any time. True Classic clothing is made with every man in mind. You'll get that quality, luxe fit, and the softness you've always wanted but never received from those rough excuses for t-shirts. These things are so soft you'll actually want to wear them. I generally like to layer. I like to wear an undershirt when I'm wearing, you know, a t-shirt or a a button-down. And uh, these are extremely comfortable. Sure. They don't stop at tees. They are your one-stop shop for all things menswear, and they make it super easy to build out your wardrobe from polos and workout shirts with the same flattering fit to boxer briefs designed with a pouch to keep your package nice and comfortable. All of their clothing is long-lasting and affordable. And are you proud of your gains? You can accentuate those biceps with their active wear crewnecks, their sweat wicking, and their anti-BO. And if you're worried about sizing, True Classic leaves no man behind. For any of the big boys out there, they have long body options. And for the tall guys, long body and triple XL sizing. And a pro tip, you can bundle your favorites with the pack builder on their site and save even more than the discount we're offering you today. It's about time you get your fit together. Upgrade your wardrobe with True Classic. Get 25% off at trueclassic.com with code CUPODCAST. Free shipping is included on purchases over $100. That's 25% off at trueclassic.com with code CUPODCAST. Strengthen your wardrobe with True Classic today. True Classic. Look good. Feel good. Uh, We got voicemails. We do. You go to anchor.fm slash podcast. Go leave us a voicemail. Try not to uh, overextend your welcome. 20 seconds in and out. That's the way Pat does it. Wait, what? (laughs) (laughs) Here is the first one. Hello, Pat and Ian. This is John Thompson from Munich, Germany. Hey. So do you guys remember the KFC console that was supposed to come out at the same time as the PS5? It has been two years since they've gone cold. Do you think it was only a marketing ploy after all? Or will it eventually fulfill the promise of being the most powerful console for <laughs> generations to come? Wiedersehen. 
I don't know. Um, they, they said it was going to come out, right? Yeah. Yeah, they did say it was going to come out. Uh, I think it was um, KFC Gaming and Cooler Master. Uh, Cooler Master is a hardware manufacturer. I couldn't. So it, they, they showed it. Right. And then obviously everyone thought it was a hoax. Then in December, they announced that they were going to do it. Mm-hmm. And I can't remember if they said that. OK, they said it was going to be powered by an Intel NUC nine extreme compute element. Um, and it was going to have a uh, warmer basket that you could put. Chicken yes, in. you couldn't. It's not like an air fryer, but it's a warmer, no, just a warmer <laughs> basket. Um, I also thought I read somewhere that they said they were going to consider just making it like a mini PC case that you could buy. Maybe I'm wrong about that. Either way, it it never came out, um, which is silly uh, that they would. Anna- I just don't know why they would announce it to not put it out. But it's two yeah. years past. It's not coming out. The joke is dead. No one wants this anymore. I think it would still sell. If they, if they, made, a, if they made a few thousand, I think they would sell just for the notoriety of it. I think so. Perhaps. Hey, Pat and Ian, this is Christian from Virginia. Now I have one question for you all. Who should call the show now that Tommy Tallarico has tragically stopped calling the show? And I have one suggestion and one suggestion only. And his name is Zack Snyder. Okay, then. I do, no, I do not want Zack Snyder calling into the show ever. Hey, Suri and Paterino. Oh, what's up all the people calling in? The fuck? Super loud truck. I don't know what the hell that was. Yeah, I felt the rumble. Hey, Suri and Paterino. Oh, what's up all the people calling in and doing voices? It's pretty lame. I mean, do they not have friends? Go, go hang out with your friends. Uh, I'm sorry. I don't know what that was. I'm going to turn that off. Yeah, anyway. Discord. It's annoying. Yeah, so these people. They've been losers, right? Yeah, complete, utter loser. Oh, my God. What's that? Goodbye. Oh, toy. So silly. Wow. Okay. <laughs> hey, Pat. Hey, Ian. This is James from Chicago. Longtime listener. First time caller. Uh, recently, you guys were talking about uh, what Konami properties you'd like to see come back, either as a remake or revamped, redone, whatever it's going to be. I kept waiting for you guys to say it, but you didn't. And I think the game that would benefit most is, of course, Adventures of Bayou Billy. If there's ever a game that needed redemption, <laughs> it's that one. And while I would appreciate, you know, New Contra, New Castlevania, we all know that they're going to keep making those until the end of time. So try to get that one going. And then, of course, Mount Rushmore video game characters. Agree, Pac-Man, Mario, Sonic. And the fourth one, well, it's Bayou Billy. I would actually love to see a, a ROM hack of Bayou Billy where they fix the the beat 'em up section. If you because if, if you fix the beat 'em up section, it's it's a good game. It's a neat game. Um, it's a neat idea. If you give if you give the enemies like recoil when you hit them, right. they don't just walk through your punches and kicks, and you lower their um, you lower the, the amount of damage they can take. If you do all these things and make them, you mean how much damage they can get? Yes, how much. Yeah. No, no, how much damage they can take. They also take a lot oh, of damage. Oh, sure, sure, sure. Like you have to kick them like fucking 15, 20 times. You do that, and then you make them less aggressive, like a little bit less aggressive. You have a, a you bump it a star rating, at least. Like it becomes like a four star probably game at that point, versus like what I probably gave it an average or three stars just because it's trying to do all these interesting things. I don't know why they made it so much difficult than it had to be. It didn't make any sense to do that. No. At all. It's like so much harder than Double Dragon on the NES. It's not even close. 
Hi, Pat and Ian. This is Joe from St. Louis. Hey, Joe. Home of an amazing food scene, but the worst style pizza in the country. Probably. <laughs> Pat, thanks for inspiring me to do intermittent fasting over the course of however long I've been doing it now. I've lost 30 pounds. So if anyone gives you crap for being hungry on the podcast, yeah, stick it in their face because it works. <laughs> oh, it's what? a video game podcast. Um, Mario. There you go. <laughs> oh, we'll stick what in their face. Yeah, uh, no, I usually get hungry around. Yeah, once you hit like now, I'm starting to rumble a little bit. The the first, but what is it? No eating after ten and no eating before noon. It, you usually go um, uh, sixteen eight. You get eight hours to eat in a day. It's up to your schedule. You can do it technically whenever you want. I usually don't eat until at least noon. Sometimes one, two, or even three, and then I'll eat my last meal like eight, nine. Some people just don't say to, don't eat that late. It really does to me, doesn't matter as long as you still have the same window. It gives your body, body time to just to churn through all the other calories that you've you know that got stored. That's all. I usually just tell people, don't eat breakfast. Just make it to noon, have sure. your lunch, and that's it. And you're already well ahead of the game. Uh, some people only eat one meal a day. I can't do that because I can't... You have to, in theory, get almost the same amount of calories... And that's tough to do in one meal. I've done it only like once where I was like, wow, I forgot to eat today. And it's like 8 o'clock at night. you got to like it's eat tough. a lot of calories. But some people do that. I just don't do that. Some people skip a couple of days every once in a while. I'll, I won't eat for a day or two. And like, no, I don't do that. That's I don't not that healthy. Uh, but no, definitely breakfast is not good, for, at least for my body. A lot of people, I do not run well after breakfast. My body's worn down. Wears, it just feels blah. I just feel like sluggish. And yeah, I don't need those calories early in the morning. I'm not doing anything. Next. Pat, Ian, this is Matt from Rochester, New York Matt. again. So now that football season is underway, is there a place out in San Diego where you guys like to get wings at all? Uh, obviously out here in western New York, they're a hot commodity. I don't know about how they are in New Jersey. I'm just wondering what the general consensus is out in San Diego. Thanks, guys. I don't, think, I don't think there was any place in Jersey that was known for wings. I'm trying to remember that. We never, like, people go, oh, let's go to Hooters for wings. But, like, I don't ever remember. There was, like, a wing place, I don't think. Um, that was at least was was qualified. I don't know. No, I don't really think there's any place that does good wings in San Diego. Uh, I do try them from time to time. I don't, you know, just poo poo them without trying them. I do want to give every place a fair shot. Mm -hmm. But uh, yeah, nothing, nothing good here. Uh, there is actually an extra napkins episode recently where we cover uh, Dirty Birds, which is like the popular place around here. I know who runs that, and I it, they're not good. Oh. They're the, they're the crowd that used to be the people that used to run the Bart Shades. Oh, okay. And they opened that up. Uh, I, they've got a lot of sauces, but like they don't fry the wings long enough. They're kind of like, as John uh, as uh, John D'Elia once said uh, to me, it's like eating earlobes. I think you said that a week or two ago. You brought I back that have. one. Yeah, it's like it's a, so you, it's so a good. They need to hire Ian for a consultant for a, for a day. How do you fry your just wings properly? Fry these Get the for heat five up. minutes longer. Get the heat up or, or for five minutes longer? Five minutes longer. Is that it? No, no mushy earlobe stuff. No. Next. Pat, Ian, this is Chris, upstate friend here okay. in Prunedale, California. I just want to give you guys a good thank you for exposing the BS in the gaming world. I'm taking on guys like Tommy Tallarico and this Mad Dog Collector dude that you were just talking about and all the BS with this inflated high-end market and, and doing you guys are doing a great service. Thank you. Okay. Appreciate it. Yeah, we try. I mean, like it gets tiresome, but someone has to do. If not, I think the, the 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 scene would be a lot worse off if people weren't pushing. Imagine if the, I mean, I'm not saying the Mika would have got gained a larger foothold, but like 
if no one was was being critical of the Amico for the years and years was going on, it would have been a vacuum. It would be on this weird fucking vacuum. And I can't imagine that. Hey, Pat and Ian, I just got done listening to Nothing Matters number 48. For all the non-Patreon members out there, that's where all the good bits are. So you know, for less than three soft tacos from Taco Bell, you too could be getting the good bits. <laughs> Pat, I know, I'm sorry I brought up food. We all know you're intermittent fasting. Yep. But what I really wanted to get at is we could really use a Spike Meow House dub mix. Is there any <laughs> CU fans out there that can mix one up? That'd be great. Meow. Cheers to Spike's health. Meow. 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 Yeah, oh boy. He's kind of sick again. Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, guy. Taking him to the vet tomorrow morning. Hey, Pat and Ian. Jamie from New York here. Wanted to say I love the show, and so much so I bought the NES guidebook just a couple of days ago. All right. Uh, with baseball nice. players upon us, my question is, what is each of your favorite baseball video games of all time? I love MLB The Show, but for me, it would still have to be High Heat Baseball from the late 90s. Um, the games were quick, and hitting finally felt realistic. Uh, thanks, and let's go Mets. Don't bring up the Mets. Don't don't tease me. Don't that's no, don't I don't want to hear about the Mets. That's too old. Uh so my favorite baseball games, uh I love RBI baseball on the NES. Uh, I think it's tons of fun. Um I also have enjoyed the show, but one that sticks out for me the most is MVP 2004 uh on the GameCube, PlayStation 2 or Xbox. Uh it has uh Pujols on the cover. And I played a shitload of that with uh, my friend John, my friend Alex, and I remember one very particular night where we sat down at like 10 or 11 mm-hmm. with uh, two cases of beer, and we did a sim season until six in the morning. Wow. And uh, then my friend got arrested afterwards. Why? Uh, Alex, because he was too drunk and he tried to get into the wrong house when he got home. Wow. Yeah. Is that disorderly conduct or breaking and entering, trespassing? I have no idea. Holy shit. How drunk? How do you you even get to that point then? Staggering home? Hope it wasn't driving. No, no, he was not driving. What the (laughs) hell, dude? Wow. Yep. All right. Interesting. Uh, Baseball stars. Because at the time, there was nothing else like it on a console. And I, I did not have any PC gaming experience at all. Like, I did not play a good old Earl Weaver's baseball. Or, uh, what was Uh, the Sierra One sports? Like was sports news baseball or whatever. Oh, they had one. Let yeah, but uh, the, the, well, let's put it this way: you would get all this, all the nice simulation aspects, but the the the, uh, the fielding and hitting would not be as good on on those, you know, on, on a computer at that time in the eighties. But baseball stars, front page sports, baseball stars got it all right. And the create the creative player, manage your own team. That was you, I made I made a team of everyone in the neighborhood. You know, I made you know I made I put myself as a player. Like it was great. Amazing, and somehow the, the sequel did not improve upon it. They were just uh, the sequel. I did not give five stars. I gave the first one five stars. I gave four and a half. The sequel. Hey, Pat and Ian, this is Scott from New Hampshire. Just Thanks. calling in, wondering if you think we would ever see another Punch Out game from Nintendo on Switch. Hopefully, uh, big fan of Iron Mike. Um, always was since back in the day. I'd like to see him definitely come back to uh, the game and. Uh, reprise his role i think he's a great underrated uh historical nintendo boss thanks so much bye i think he's i rated great he's feared like as a boss character like mike tyson is, is arguably 
the hardest video game boss from the 8-bit era. He's up there. Um, no, I, you're not going to see it. And Nintendo's never going to get in this again with a sports endorsement, like because it, like it's, they can turn bad. And it did with Tyson, obviously, with his legal issues and other things. And um, I don't think Nintendo would probably get into that again. And Ken Griffey was pretty clean cup of it, but they had the relationship with the Mariners. So that made sense, you know, owning the Mariners and saving that. Oh, that, that video was taken down by ML, MLB Baseball. Norm did a great video about that whole relationship between Nintendo yeah. and the Mariners. You can read about it. You read about it in the Super Nintendo Guidebook. Um, I think in terms of will they ever make another uh, punch out, I think the answer is no. I think the gameplay is too simple. I think so. Yeah, I, I, I don't so. think they would. I, I don't know that they would do one as a full release. I could see a digital game. Um, I like Punch Up, but it really is just pattern memorization at the end of the day. How did the hell well did the Wii one do? That's still pretty. Well, I don't know, it? and it's fun. But I, I, they would have to make it really. They'd have to make it a big game. They would have to add some other modes to it. I think it's just too bare bones to get, like I said, a, a sixty dollar release. Okay, I think I think we'll see another Punch Out eventually but yeah i don't know yeah it's what it came out what 2000 like 10 when did it come out uh the last one 11 and so like you you've had you had three games in the series right you had what was it 87 super nintendo one was what 93 about was it 93 uh then you have one in like 2010 so you have three in about what is that pat math three in about 17 years 15 years Three and fifteen years, and now we haven't had one in like ten years. About, I think, yeah. Eventually, the nostalgia for Punch Out will be gone, sort of like F Zero. If you're not careful, you got to put out a new game, or else there won't be an audience left for it. Right. So, I'm not saying it has to be like one every system, but hey, John Cena wants that F Zero game. We got to do it. Uh, I'll do a few more here. Hey guys, it's Daryl from Buffalo again. Hey Daryl, I had a question for both you guys. What was your go-to cartoon growing up? What did you guys enjoy watching the most? All right, guys. Have a good day. Hope to see you soon. Well, I mean, the, the thing about back then, God, kids are kids are spoiled because they can watch whatever they want. I was talking about with Dan about his son trying to explain, like, hey, we had to watch shows at a certain time, like once a week or once a day. You can't just watch 50 episodes in a row. Um, I mean, obviously, G.I. Joe is my favorite uh, by, by a good amount, but I love Thundercats. Um, I love Mask. At the time, Transformers got in there too. I love Jem. Not for, for shame to admit, I love Jem as a kid. Jem uh, is fantastic. Ooh, yeah. Uh, what about you, Ian? Uh, I mean, the answer is clearly it's Tom and Jerry. I my ass would be in front of the TV anytime Tom and Jerry was on. Anytime I flipped channels and saw Tom and Jerry, I stopped what I was doing and really? I watched it. I love all of the Tom and Jerry episodes from the earliest ones up to and through the Chuck Jones era. I even like some of the Gene Deitch episodes, which are there's only twelve or thirteen of them, and they're those weird Tom and Jerry episodes that don't really look like other Tom and Jerry episodes. But yeah, no, was the, I mean, that's easily my favorite cartoon. What was your 80s IP uh, cartoon that you liked? You uh, had, you had, did you have so, one? So the only... Yeah, it was Voltron. That was Voltron, like, I did like Voltron. Voltron was honest. Like I did oh. not get into Thundercats. I did not get into He-Man. I did not really watch Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Oh, I, I love did, these turtles. I didn't get into that stuff. Um, but Voltron I liked. Voltron I loved. But that was gone within a couple... That was only on TV for a couple of years. Sure, but that's uh, just... But, I mean, that so was... So you were, you were super young. Uh, I was like 86. 
that was on TV around uh, there. I, I, I'm pretty sure some of it was in this in syndication. Oh, it must be syndication. Yeah. I, I remember the first run that they did. It was like 86. That's when the toys came I, out. That, that's probably 86. when I first saw it. And I do have a couple of the original toys. But yeah, no, I think I remember it mostly from syndication, maybe gotcha. up to 90. Yeah, once, yeah, I remember not being seeing on TV past a certain point in time. Like once I got to be 10. Yeah, it was like Ninja Turtles. Uh, that was the big one in the uh, late uh, late 80s to early 90s for me. Uh, Lamco checking in. Hello, Patty, and it's your boy Lamco64 from Nottingham, UK. Just a quick question about Bloodsport. Um, you guys are always talking about how much you love that movie. I grew up on that movie, all martial arts movies, really, but Bloodsport always stuck out to me. I was a big, massive Jean Claude Van Damme fan. I don't know, just maybe have a chat about why you like Bloodsport so much, uh, your first time you saw it, anything like that. Cheers. Thanks, guys. Uh, first saw it. I believe it was the family on my mom's side, like a party, do an Easter party. Oh, when we start with it. everything, but the rum cake is good at these parties. Um, you got your stuffed cake. shell platter. You got your sausages and peppers there. You got that. Um, it was it was on TV. TBS was playing it. TBS would run yeah. Bloodsport. No, TBS was where I saw it first. That's yeah, why. That's why I think I first taped it off TV. This is before TNT was even a thing. This is like. This is probably like 89, something like that. And TNT might have been just starting, but whatever. Um, it was probably like 89, 90, a couple years after the movie came out. They probably got the rights to it, and we're showing it. That's how I discovered it. Yeah, me too. Uh, and, I, you know, my dad liked the movie. I remember, like, him walking by it one day, and it was on, and we, like, watched it. Uh, I had, uh, I made a, we have a VHS-taped copy of the TBS movie. So do, Yeah, so do I. Yeah. And, and then I bought um, the regular VHS years later. I mean, why do I like it? I mean, it's easy. It's an extremely well-paced movie that is uh, humorous, uh, action-packed, uh, has a few good performances from some of the minor characters, um, great fighting, great characters, all diverse great, yeah, characters. Great characters, all like that, that. That's what I love. Uh, a great tournament. I mean, it's just it's everything I I kind of want from a a simple martial arts action movie. Good lead up, cool tournament, drama surrounding the tournament, happy positive ending. But yes, thank you, Van Dam, for saving it and editing, as supposedly he did. Supposedly he was in the editing room helping edit that thing together. That's what everyone says, yeah. Because I can picture that being unruly, just all these fight scenes, how the hell do we edit this together? Well, let's have a couple of montages. Yeah. One for day one, one for day two. There you go. Everyone loves and, a yes, good montage. Don't think about the tournament structure. If you want a real tournament structure, you got to see the quest when you only have 16 guys. It doesn't make sense for Van Damme to win like 10 fights because otherwise that means like there's like a, there's like a 500 fighters. Yes. Yes. There's way too much too many uh, Van Damme victories in this movie, but we all love Van Damme. That's why you want to see him. But yes, you can't think about that. There's a couple of guys you don't see enough of, like the British guy. You don't see a win on win on day one. You should have because he's featured in the intro. Yes. So either he's a sucky fighter and he couldn't pull it off or something happened with his fight scene where they're like, well, because he should have won we a fight because he got the yeah. day two. Exactly. Every other fighter you see on day two, you sin for the most for the most part. You see win on day one, significant fighter. You don't see that for the British guy with his with his lackey folding his arms. Did you read the script yet? No. The script is, is fascinating because it has more than the jiu-jitsu stuff in it. Um, I should just yeah. put it on my uh, my reader and I'll take it on a trip. Yeah. It took me, it took me years to track that down. I was like, oh, Bloodsport. Okay, we'll do one or two more here. Uh, Let's do one more. Uh, we'll do one and we'll check in with someone. Hey, Pat and Ian. This is Miguel from Terceira Island in the Azores, Portugal. Oh. A fun video game fact. My city appears in the video game Indiana Jones and the Fate of Atlantis when they visit the Azores. Oh. So a question for both of you. 
Is there a place that you saw in video games that you love to visit? A real location, and you can add a fictional one for fun. Thanks. Love the podcast. Keep up the great job. Thanks, Miguel. Um, sure. Uh, Yakuza Zero made me very interested in what late 80s Japan would have been like oh, to okay. walk around. Um, so I always thought that would have been kind of neat. That involves a little time travel as well. But it got me really interested in just the look and the vibe and the music and the, you know, the style of, of late, late 80s hmm. Japan. Um, and then as far as a fake one, uh, I'd like to go to Green Hill Zone. Just to hang out just with, hang with out. the bunnies? Just to hang out. No humans there, just hanging out? <clears throat> it would be fun. Um, I'll do a fake one first. I don't know. I want to relax on Adventure Island. There you go. I want to have some fruit. fruit. Fruit is plentiful. They appear pineapples and eggplants and veggies. But would you be safe? I mean, it's called Adventure Island, not Relaxing Island. <sighs> You're right. Got a jet set over there. Grab, grab a couple of stone axes. Um, Here's a weird one. Well, it's more based on the movie, but it was a game. Uh, you know, the Warriors takes place, you know, it's 1979, sure. uh, New York. It's, it's a fucking battle zone. So, some of New York. Uh, New York was a scary place in the 70s from all and into the 80s from what people were So You don't want to be out at night certain areas, a lot of areas in New York. Um, but it just has that w- gritty feel of it. That that would have been interesting to be, to be alive at that p- time. Sure. When Times Square was like, hey, Times Square is even dangerous. Right. Night. Yes. Times um, Square was uh, not great. You know, I remember the peep show still happening. We took a bus to see My Fair Lady in the in the like eighth grade. And ninety still like ninety four. Yes, yeah. Even in ninety four, before uh, they Julian, everyone just started cleaning it up and making it family friendly. That was still going on. It was still seedy into the nineties, until like probably the mid to late nineties. It was still seedy. Yeah. yeah, before it went corporate. And then we're gonna check in with the uh, someone that we like here for a second here. Guys, it's Foxandra, and we got a problem. You guys are talking about Chris Pratt in the Mario movie, when what you should be explaining is who the hell you guys casted for the CU podcast voicemails the movie. In what goddamn world does fake Tommy sound like this? Tommy Tellerico here. When I said the Amico was going to be delayed, it wasn't really going to be delayed. I just said that just to troll you. What the hell? this did you guys turn tommy into some busty skank like it's some mobile game <laughs> not even the worst of it explain to me right this goddamn instant why my part sounds like this hey pat hey ian it's buck sandra from new jersey renowned voice actress according to ian i was listening to the segment the other day about comic-con pronouncing smash brothers listen the only con i know these days is the con of my ex convinced me to date him for a year tommy what the fuck are you talking about shut up i'm recording wow <laughs> vox andrew and tommy connecting for a voicemail never thought i'd see the day they're now oh i feel i feel endangered somehow that they're now talking to each other <laughs> yeah no, that's I, I don't that's feel terrifying. safe. I, I don't feel safe now. Nope. We're not safe. We're in danger. That was funny. That was. Good time. Intermittent fasting is coming to a close. I got, I got a nice salmon piece. So hopefully it isn't bad because I bought it on a Thursday. Waiting for me. Should be fine. I sprinkled some lemon on top. Yeah, yeah you'll be alright. It'll be fine. It's the it's the one with uh, less fat and it's not the Atlantic one. It's not the... It's the uh, what's it called? Not the Kobe salmon. What the hell is it called? With a cake. It's not. There's like three types of salmon there. There's like a super. Red, why are you looking at that? There's like a super red one with like almost no fat. And this one has a little bit of fat. It's like in the middle of it. Salmon types. 
Sockeye Atlantic. Not so- Sockeye is the one that's like really pure. It's like not a lot of fat and it's like really red. Coho salmon. Coho. That's with a C. But there you okay. Go. Coho. Coho salmon at Sprouts. Um, it's a little bit. It's not as pink as the as the uh, regular salmon. Coho salmon. Yeah. There's less. Uh, there's less fat in it. So I think I think it was one that's less fat. I think it'll last longer for what people are telling me. Yes, more fat. Yeah, in- more fat the quicker it will that's, spoil. That's why tuna can last a lot longer because there's like almost no fat in it. I have a tuna piece too. I got to eat tomorrow. I'll do that. It'll be fine. I've never had a, I've never had tuna go bad before. Tuna's pretty hearty. Is co people also ask is coho salmon good quality? Its quality is still quite high. <laughs> yes, it's good. All right, I'm gonna go home and make lunch. All right, bye. Bye.